Holy crap! <laughs> what the hell did we witness on Thursday? Thursday. I don't know, but I loved it. Actually, no, I know exactly what we witnessed. We witnessed a shellacking. Wow. A shellacking. A total shellacking. It was straight up shellacking. You are listening to Let's Go Duffalo, a Buffalo football podcast. My name is Pat Duffy. I am joined by Ryan Duffy, my favorite and only co-host. All right. It was four days ago. We were sitting at Tap It in Scottsville, Mm -hmm. and it was right before the game started. Again, it was a weird podcast because we're going to be recapping, previewing, talking about Bill's history, but we were there like literally right before the game started. Everybody that heard the game, heard the podcast, heard us before the game had happened. And we were in full panic mode. Yeah. Because that's what Bills fans do. Mm-hmm. And by the time that game was over, the Buffalo Bills look like the best football team in the NFL right now. Especially after watching all the other games, save for, for Kansas City, but you got to think about the competition they were playing. But either way, it's I, I cannot be happier with the outcome of the Bills-Rams game this past Thursday. And I listen back to myself on that Thursday evening at around 7 o'clock and think, you're so stupid. You're so stupid for doubting these Bills and being nervous. No, I mean, I know you're stupid, but I was also doubting them. Look, my favorite part about that game, everybody ate all game long. Josh ready to go. Third and four. Bills at their own 47. He's in the gun. Gets a snap. Pocket collapsing. Gets out of pressure. Runs to his right. Throws it downfield looking for Diggs. Diggs stops, and he makes the catch, and he's in the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Stephon Diggs. Adjusted as the ball was hung up high by Josh Allen. He was under heavy pressure. Diggs virtually stopped at the two-yard line, made the catch, and fell into the end zone. So here's what's so great about that. Wow, I'm sorry, Murph. Wow, Good old Murph. John Murphy of the Buffalo Bills Radio Network on the call. What was great about that is it was the quintessential why this team is great touchdown pass. Why is that? The pocket is collapsing. Josh Allen has no fear. Mm-hmm. He's going to buy himself a little extra time. He's going to step into the pocket. He takes a decent shot, which I don't like, but doesn't matter because mm-hmm. he's going to get that ball off. The ball is not the most perfect ball, but Stephon Diggs is so good at what he does, he is able to adjust behind one of the best corners in the NFL unless he's playing Josh Allen. And here's the thing, man. He falls two yards short of the end zone and rolls back at the, like, all of the things that had to happen on that touchdown pass Mm -hmm. for him to get in the end zone, the physical play by both players, the awareness of Diggs where he is when he hits the ground. How about the fact that Ramsey, all he had to do was touch him and that play was over, doesn't happen. I, I loved every second of that play. And that what's funny is you mentioned that, like uh, him taking the shot as he's uh, you know letting the ball loose, what, 50-plus yards in the air, whatever it was. Um, it, it reminded me of the last, or the, I should say the first time he took a shot like that and launched a ball, I believe, was it to Robert Foster? Robert Foster against, against the Jaguars. You're right, Jacksonville. Against uh, Jalen Ramsey at that point. I don't think it was on Jalen Ramsey on that play, but nevertheless, it's just a little fun connection in my head. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, everything worked perfectly on that play. Everything Everything worked perfectly for the most part. Some things to clean up on the game itself. You know what I mean? They looked fantastic. Fantastic. It was beyond our wildest dreams. Mm. Josh Allen is some... Look, there was no doubt that Josh Allen was going to come out and look great. right? Like, that was the one definite you knew Thursday night. Well, before we go any further, yes. it's week one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to base my opinion on... What has happened in years previous, you never know what's going to happen. So I was nervous that he may go out and lay an egg. Okay. Josh Allen, though. Of course. Uh, oh, of course. Hindsight's Josh, it's, 2020. It's Josh freaking Allen. I understand. But 
I was nervous leading up to the game because my expectations, we talked about expectations pretty much the whole show last time. Yeah. I had such high expectations that like, I was afraid he wasn't going to be able to hit them and, and, you know, egg on my face because he hit them and exceeded them. Josh Allen is somehow better looking opening night than we thought. Mm -hmm. He had complete command of that offense. Whatever he wanted to do, it was surgical. Mm -hmm. Surgical. I mean, you have Aaron Donald sitting across from me with that defense. Aaron Donald's going to get here, get his. And he got where he had to be. But the ball was gone by the time he got there, which we never saw from Josh Allen. Last season, Josh Allen held the ball longest, one of the longest ball-holding quarterbacks in the pocket. He was getting the ball out in two and a half seconds consistently. Like Ken Dorsey in his first game as offensive coordinator. Oh, my God, was it brilliant. Yeah, that was, I mean... The timing, Ryan. The timing (laughs) of that offense. Boom, balls out. Boom, balls out. Middles there. Middles there. Middles there. And they wear down that middle, and all of a sudden, in the second half, those deep balls are there. Gabe Davis is there. Stephon Diggs is there. It was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And and you essentially take away a huge weapon in, in Aaron Donald by getting the ball out so quick. Uh, you know, have opening up the boundary on the run game too. Devin Singletary had a wonderful game on top of that. I mean, just it just you said it before. It was surgical. I really think that's the best way to describe it. It literally looked like they were like meticulously taking apart that defense. So let's talk about the run game. You brought up Devin Singletary. That's the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, is yeah. that an exaggeration? I don't think so. No. Like that, he ran with purpose. The holes were there. New offensive line coach Aaron Cromer, I believe, uh, and the zone blocking scheme. Which look, I've heard fifteen people trying to explain this to me, mm-hmm. and they all think they know what they're talking about. Here's a dirty little secret: having worked in media for like twelve years now, lay it on me. I'm convinced that all the people that say they know what they're talking about when it comes to like football theory and analytics and what's going on in the field have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, right, because like. And that's no no shot to that. Maybe they think they know what they they know what they're talking about. But like guys that have had careers in the NFL for decades will crash and burn against other guys that have had careers for in the NFL for decades. You get what I'm saying? I do, but I do know one thing. What's that? No one's smarter than us when it comes to film breakdown. I don't watch film. I I but I still know that there's nobody smarter than us. It's a feel thing, Pat. You just watch it. You know it. We know what's going on. You okay. can see what's happening. So all three running backs get touches <laughs> on Thursday night. Devin Singletary by far looked the best. It's funny. Like in the in the fourth quarter, I go to look. I expected him to have 120 yards. He only had like 50 something yards, but he was getting six yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Like it, it felt like he impacted the game more than he actually did. I will say just real quick, two running backs had touches. One running back had touch. But I'm sure we'll get to that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. Uh, Zach Moss, look, he's supposed to be your short yardage running back. Like, yeah. that's the way they sold him. But two problems with that. One, you weren't in short yardage all that much uh, in that game because you were meticulously moving the ball down the field. And two, you have a short yardage quarterback in Josh Allen. Look, man, if you're third and one, third and two, and I have the option to turn around, lose three yards, and hope that Moss gets into the back to the line of scrimmage, or I can just send Josh forward. Not even just sending Josh forward. If I recall, the first third and short, or one of the first on the first drive, was that touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. It's funny you bring that up. Let's go high formation. Gilliam in front of Zach Moss. First third down they've had in this game. Snap. Josh hands it off. No, keeps it. Rolls to his right. Fires a man wide open. It is caught. It is caught by Davis. Runs into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. A beautiful play-action pass. Amazing. A 26-yard touchdown pass on third down to Gabe Davis. Touchdown, Bill. John Murphy, Bills Radio Network. God, I love being so smart. 
and remembering that that was the first third down of their uh, of their opening drive. Way to go, buddy. God. Way to go. It feels so good to be right. So let's just talk about that play, period, right? Because the Bills in that opening drive legitimately established a run game, mm-hmm. right? And there was this talk last season. There was friction between Dable and McDermott is what we heard. At times throughout the season. Yeah, I remember that coming up. Right. It, so much so much so that there were rumors in the offseason that Dable was trying to pull Ken Dorsey away from Buffalo because, hey, man, I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And the argument for Bills fans is we don't want a run-pass balance. We want to chuck it around the yard because that's what successful teams do now. We want to be the Kurt Warner Rams. We want to be the Kansas City Chiefs with Pat Mahomes. I don't think we understood what a run-pass balance looked like because if that was a run-pass balance, and that looked freaking awesome. Yeah, it looked really good. It looked so good. I, I don't know what I don't know if you know this, not to put you on the spot, but do we know what the breakdown was between plays of pass versus run? I do like, not. I mean, I would assume it was way more... Pass than pass it was run. Although run. I mean, you had such a big lead in the fourth quarter. That's it may a good have even point. It probably skews it. But but either way, I, I guess like my point is like, it just I don't know. I, I I keep going back to how wonderful the whole thing just made me feel. I wish I could be a little bit more analytical about it. But no, you're not analytical, and I don't want you to try. I wish everyone I wish, will be though. disappointed in you. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. No, but going back to that touchdown pass that we just played there, right? Like Gabe Davis. There were questions about Gabe Davis going into this season because he had been the under-the-radar guy, and the performances that he turned in. I mean, look, he owns an NFL record for most touchdown catches in a playoff game. Granted, mm-hmm. it's in a loss against Kansas City. You had the playoff game against Indianapolis the season before where that drive going into halftime, Ooh. he's making – he's toe-touch Angel Gabriel Davis. I think he had three, like, in that game, or the three on that drive that kept him alive. Two of them were toe-touches. Like, absolute, maybe even three, just absolutely gorgeous catches to keep them alive, go up at halftime, and I think a huge control contributor to them winning the game. I w- no, it was because I was at that game. All it was there was two on that drive going into halftime. Both of them I was like, ah, he's out of bounds. Yeah. Both of them I was shocked mm-hmm. watching it happen. But yes, that was the possession that made the difference in that game because the Bills went down and they scored points on that drive. Mm-hmm. Look, if there was one legitimate concern I had, and I love Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. I have been on the Gabe Davis train from the beginning. But being a number two receiver as opposed to a number three or a number four receiver, which Gabe has been, it's a tough transition. And based on what we saw, now granted it's one game and it's a small sample size, it was dominant. He was dominant. They could not stop him. Yeah. He, he, I mean, look, you have that touchdown call where he blocks on the line. Yep. Everybody bit. He could not be wide open. You have that bomb in the second half where he's so long, he runs like Gumby. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you just can't stay stride for stride with Gabe Davis. And the guy's got hands. Like, he is the total package. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute total package. I mean, yeah, and, and not only is he a great receiver. I'm going to say the same things you did, but not only is he a great receiver, but also a really good blocker. Like, he's he's a great player to have. So, yeah, I would consider him a, a really strong number two. And I, I remember what, what did Josh say at the beginning of the year, like that uh, Gabe Davis, he considers more of a compliment to Stephon Diggs than like a number two receiver, mm. right? So, like, he almost considers him as a like a 1A, 1B, if you could call it that. All right, like, I love to believe what Josh Allen said, but, you know, he's got to play wide receiver politics. You know how those wide receivers are nuts. Well, sure. If he comes out and he goes, yeah, of course, Stephon Diggs is number one, Gabe Davis is number two. Well, mm-hmm. how long till Gabe Davis has a couple of games? Yeah. Right? He's doing the pay-me-my-money Jerry Maguire thing, getting upset with Josh Allen. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. That's why Josh Allen's so great. Not only is he great on the field, he knows how to keep Gabe Davis happy. He knows how to work the room. 
So as we're talking about Gabe right here, pulling up the box score from last week, Gabe Davis, four catches for 88 yards. He averaged 22 yards a catch. Now, granted, (laughs) one of those was a 47-yard catch in the second half, but that third down that we played where he scored the first touchdown of the game, that happened inside the 25. Yep. He could have kept going. I mean, he is such a big play weapon on a team full of big play weapons. Yeah. There's no shortage of 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 uh of big play guys. There's no doubt of, I I I I'm at a I'm at a bit of a loss for words because Well, that's great when we're doing a Buffalo football podcast. Well, sure, but I'm trying to set the ambience. Oh, excuse you know me. what I'm saying? Ambience. Ambience. I had such high expectations and they met and exceeded those expectations in the first week. Which now brings its its own set of problems because it's only week one, you know? But at the same time, still super excited to see where they can go. If this is how they play football every week, I could not be happier. There's not a Bills fan in the world that would say that they wouldn't be happy. Agreed. But look, I think that the way that they performed, you can park a little bit of your anima or your anxiety now. Yeah. Because look, now the Going into this Titans game, they're heavily favored. We'll get into that uh, at the end of the show here because there's other things to get to. I do want to touch on real quick before we uh, move on from this segment. We brought up Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. Looked great. We brought up Zach Moss. Okay. Yeah. He had a fumble. Second round pick, James Cook, running back. Not great. No. Not great. Could have been better. A lot, of, a lot of people saw that. So- <laughs> <laughs> Your first carry in the NFL, you cough it up. Yeah. Inside your own 30 with a coach like McDermott who has a track record of if you put the ball on the ground, we'll see you in six weeks. Yeah. I I I mean, so when it happened, it's almost like I expected it to happen. You know, rookie running back, premier game of the season, or I should say, you know, starting game of the season. You cannot have a bigger stage at this point in the year. <laughs> And and you almost expect for it to happen. No, I did not expect. No. I, I did. I, I honestly did. I really, really did. You thought when they handed him the ball, the the way that they've been talking about him, he had a, a couple of great preseason games where he was running like crazy. You expected him to put that ball on the ground. I I thought that he was going to drop it. You are so. I full swear of to crap. you. Okay. I swear to you. I swear to you. I just had a feeling about it. It just seemed like the perfect moment for that to happen to him specifically. I f- my heart breaks for the guy because I, because I saw something I don't know where, where I saw it but um, kudos to Von Miller for cheering him up on the sideline. Apparently he was standing by himself. James Cook was after the uh, after the fumble. Yeah, I go near that guy. Right, it's right, right. National television. Oh, <laughs> so kudos to Von Miller for being a great teammate. That's why you get to see. But but on top of that too, like you have to feel for that guy. Literally anyone who is a football fan is and 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 countless people who aren't are watching that at and and watching you on your first carry at the highest level of professional sports, you drop the ball and you lose it on top of it. Oh yeah. And so, and you're only they were only up seven nothing at yeah, that point. That, that was not a, a runaway at that point at all. You know, oh, like, you know, his family probably had like a party, right? Like they were all sitting in like some bar in a living room, like it's being projected on like, you know, a big screen or a bed sheet. Here we go. He's got, oh God, no. I would love to know what company he's in. Cause I think Kareem Hunt had the same thing happen to him. He, he fumbled the ball on his first carry, lost a fumble on his first carry. I wonder how many, you know, rookie 
running back specifically that happens to on their first first play. ever carry. Yeah. Well, look, you got to talk about too. Like he's a second round pick, so he's going to have the opportunity to redeem himself in ten weeks when Sean McDermott puts his cell phone number right. back in his phone. <laughs> but like you know, you got to think too. There are a lot of guys that aren't second round picks. You know, you're a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick that plays special teams. You get a carry, cough it up. You ain't touching that ball again. Yeah. See you it's later. Just, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's the only negative I saw from that game. I mean, other than the fact that you were turning the ball over, but we kind of addressed that with Cook. I mean, McKenzie, that's just a fluke play. It's going to happen. Yeah. Made up for it with a gender reveal touchdown catch. <laughs> yeah, he did. Man, so that means he was so confident he was going to score, he told his family, I will tell you what sex your baby is. Right. That's that's. I mean, it, what's funny, too, is I, someone had commented that on that on Twitter, saying, like, well, what was he going to do if he didn't score a touchdown? <laughs> And 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 Spud's replied of like, well, I guess we'll never know. But I really do want to know if we could get him on. I would very much appreciate. Oh yeah, it so I could me, oh, yeah, I'll totally work on that. Um, All right. But but yeah, no, I mean, I, not much to complain about over the game. I mean, that interception to to Crowder, I I don't recall if it was behind him or what was. It going was. On I mean, there, look, but. you're still working out your slot receiver stuff. Beasley's been there for years and years and years. Yeah. You got time. Their timing was impeccable with Crowder and McKenzie in that slot. It's going to take a little time to get sure. used to. Just through three passes in the preseason, mm-hmm. not totally worried about it. Didn't affect the outcome of the game three completions in the preseason i may say yeah maya might say i might i may say okay great so one and oh 31 10 massive win over the rams we move on to tennessee and we'll get to that game in a second but you know we are a lifestyle podcast of course because being a bills fan is a lifestyle and um there's an issue in my house what's that well you know i got my season tickets oh yeah and i will be there monday night for the titans game and there was yeah, you are. someone else in my home who for some reason assumed they were also going to be there mm. but when it comes to a game of this magnitude of this stature there is time and grade that needs to go in to who gets that ticket and i'm sorry kid you ain't been on this planet long enough and we'll get into it. Let's go, Duffalo, a Buffalo football podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Sit tight. We'll be right back. going to be a hot ticket this season, but home opener in prime time against now what has become a massive conference rival. That's a hot ticket, buddy. That's a rubber-rubber match right there. Super hot ticket. If you are a Bill season ticket holder, you're thanking your lucky stars that you have no problem getting in. I am a Bill season ticket holder. However, there is someone in my house that is now causing drama because for some reason, they assumed they were going and you ain't earned it yet. You're talking about your wife? No. Hmm. You're hanging out. It's Let's Go Duffalo, a Buffalo football podcast. Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Look, man, I have a radio show that I do, and that's what I was getting into. You're hanging out in Ryan's porch. Yeah, we are hanging out in Ryan's porch. If you can hear the birds cawing or the dog barking, yeah. it's because he lives in the town of Greece, and that's what the town of Greece sounds like all the time. I literally live in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like, he's not kidding. It's a beautiful backyard. Thanks. Now, let's talk it. about your ass. Ah, Come on, folks. folks. Okay. So, Bills, Titans, Monday Night Football, the get-in-the-door price on StubHub right now is $230. Really? That is the get-in-the-door, last, worst seat in America 
price. We're talking upper threes at yeah, that point? Yeah, upper three corner, 230 to get in the door. Wow. Okay, but what do you expect, man? I mean, this team is amazing. Primetime game, great team. Yeah, I hear you. Plus the performance that you had before, yep. right? And look, we're still getting used to having primetime games in Western New York. Mm-hmm. And what's funny, too, is I bet there'd be a lot of people, a lot of other, other fan bases that would laugh their rear ends off at 200 something dollars for a primetime uh, seat to, to their team. So quick aside, um, there was a study that came out this week that the Bills are the sixth least expensive ticket in the NFL. The sixth, sixth least. least expensive ticket face value in the NFL. It's just game day experience, period. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. What's the lowest? Uh, the lowest, I don't. I think it was Jacksonville, but I could be wrong. It was mm. some really bad team. Also, another study came out that I'm the only person in the world who says rear end. So, with the game happening on Monday, <laughs> my I have a 12-year-old daughter named Stella. And she's great. Thank you. She's great. I really like the fact that you said it like that makes me think you don't. She's actually... wonderful. No, there's nothing wrong with her. <laughs> My daughter is a con artist, big time, and she makes a lot of assumptions. And uh, she comes up to me two days ago, mm-hmm. and she asked me when, what time are we leaving for the Bills game on Monday? That's a nice uh, leading, anchoring question right there. Doesn't ask, just assumed at 12 years old that she would be going to this primetime game. And look. School, first of all, so that's not going to happen mm-hmm. because I'm leaving right when I get out of work, you know, from the break room. I'm leaving at 10 and I'm going right to the stadium and I'll be getting home. We'll be getting home at like 1, 2 in the morning, yeah. right? So that's not going to happen, period. But even if there was no school, you ain't earned it yet. Mm. You're 12 years old. Yeah. You don't love this team like I love this team. Like the guy who I'm taking loves this team. Well, first, for so two things. One, let's not gatekeep the Bills to our families. Two, who are you taking? Because I'm the one who loves the Bills more than whoever it is you're taking. You had just had a baby. Well, of course, I'm not going, but don't but don't be throwing these these titles out to these people. Wait, 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 hold on. No, I, I, I've invited you to several Bills games in the last couple of years, and you've always been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a couple of days before, yeah, you know what? Can't make it. That's a, that uh, is, you that know is what? such a lie. Here's, here, here's how I know. Hey, I turn you down right from the get-go. Here, no, here's how I know. I get the phone call <laughs> a couple of days before. Ah. When I hear that noise, I know I gotta fight hey, somebody else. Look, look ah, about this. Ah. I mean, shame on me for keeping an eye out for my family. You know, shame on me. No, honestly. but I'm also keeping an eye out for my family here because you have not earned that ticket, and I don't think I'm out of bounds here. I don't think you are either, but I don't think for I don't think we agree for the same reasons. Okay, go. I don't think that your daughter, your oldest daughter, is ready for a a, a regular season Bills game let alone a regular season primetime game okay. against a team to where we got a lot of animosity built up against. Yeah. Now, that said, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of Tennessee fans in the stands here in Buffalo. I could be wrong, but I still don't think for, for the Bro, other there reasons. Aren't, there aren't a lot of Tennessee fans in, in the general. crowd in Tennessee. <laughs> Remember, I mean, every time the Bills go, half the stadium's Bills yeah, fans. Yeah, it's a road game uh, or road home game. But uh, but no, I don't think it's the best environment for her. And like you said, with the school and all that stuff, you know, it is it is a school night. School's back in session. Like, I love how you try and play it off like you're Mr. Mature. Let me tell you, I got two kids now. Let me tell you why, how this is. But no, I look. I like I said, take school out of it. Take the environment out of it. Because I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So our dad uh, has had Bill season tickets. It's eighty eight. 
88 was, yeah, right. that was the year I was born. That's when he got them. Yeah. yeah. Coincidence? No. Nope. He's hated Ryan the whole time. Resented, S- was so upset that he had to go out and have like a midlife crisis purchase of of uh, four Bill season tickets and added two more to it over the years. Midlife crisis at 28, which by the way, <laughs> almost happened. However, that math almost worked out. Right. Uh, but the point that I'm getting at is, how did you just get that? Our dad had a massive heart attack and was in a coma for, but he's okay now. He's good. He's a, he, all, he, all you could do is laugh about it. <laughs> Remember that month? Oh, that was funny. Uh, so anyway, the point I'm making is you and I grew up in that stadium. I've been going to games since I was four years old. You've been doing the same thing. My, our old man would wake us up at seven in the morning when no one else would go with him. Yeah. Right, and we would go hang out around guys drinking and smoking and cursing, and the stadium back then was way more of the Wild West during the Super Bowl years going into the 2000s than it is now. We turned out fine. You would have a problem bringing a 12-year-old kid to a a Bills regular season game right now? You know what? So real quick on on all that, you you say that it was crazy people drinking, people smoking in the parking lot. I'm sure, of course, that stuff was going on. I don't know if I noticed it at really? that age. I really don't. Is it because our family was so terrible? We they were also drinking and smoking in our backyard. It <laughs> could be. Okay, but also I I think if I I I look at Bill's tailgates in two different sections of my life. I look at it from when I was a young child of like going there, hanging out with our crew. You know, we had a couple uh, friends that that my dad yep. would go with Chuck and Whitey and Jerry, uh-huh. all now very old men. Yeah, and lovely. Yeah, um, still going to to games. I believe some moved away. I'm going. But- uh, Jerry moved away. He's got an RV now, and he's bringing it to the Monday Nighter, which really? means I have a place to pee in the parking lot. That's but go on, I'm sorry. Congratulations. Very excited. That's 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 a that's a good thing. Um, but but my point is, like, I remember those those games fondly, and I don't know if maybe we were just being shielded by a group of somewhat responsible adults. Okay, I didn't say responsible. That's, nope, that's definitely not the case. Those More men. so. Okay, but compare it. <laughs> compare that to. Compare that to like party lot central, you know, and like as I got older and stuff and I started to go with my friends of of like drinking age and stuff or like college friends, like now we're hanging out in like the tailgate lots and people are jumping through tables and all that stuff. I feel like there was like, you know, at the at the the basement of of the bill's success, I should say lack thereof. It's almost as if like a, a, a switch flip for me of like now people are just going to get completely toasted okay and cheer for the bills and then i think that kind of became a little bit of of the parking lot identity and now and maybe that's just because the success had dissipated a little bit and it was you know kind of just like a a party atmosphere and now obviously we're on the way back up but i'm here to let you know it's always been there in fact the bills were banned from hosting primetime games because in a a primetime game in the 80s when the jets came to town bills fans hurled rocks at the jets bus leaving town okay well they so deserved it. I'm going to blow out that theory right away. <laughs> well, that's that's cool. I mean, I, you know, it's you know the ignorance of uh, of children, but but going back to your point, I don't think that a a regular season game is an appropriate um, you know area for a uh, seventh grade child. See, I'm going to disagree. And look, it's all about where you're going to decide to go. Because you're right, there are those lots that are super party lots. Mm-hmm. Here's what bothers me about the reputation for Bills fans, because outside of Orchard Park, everybody thinks that. Every square foot of that parking lot is just debauchery. Mm -hmm. You really have to go looking for debauchery. Yeah. Like, okay, I've been going to Bill's games since I was four years old, and so it's 32 years now. I've never seen anyone jump through a table in that parking lot. I've never seen it. Have you? I've seen it a few times. (laughs) Oh, I should no way. I should actually. I've seen it twice. Okay, but both times they didn't make it through the table. The table won. (laughs) 
I remember actually one time we were walking in, so like it's probably like it's after a one o'clock game, so you know probably maybe twelve fifteen okay. to, like, to like beat the line, mm-hmm. and this dude's having a morning. And and jumping off the back of his like Ford Ranger, something like that. He's like, guys, look at me! And and you know, everyone's seen the videos and the gifts and the, like you know all that stuff. It's a gif, but go on, whatever. Um, and dude just did like the table absolutely won that fight, and and it is like back kind of crunched and stuff. And everyone that was even like no one was watching too. Everyone was just like oh, kind of walking the by. Worst. I know, and everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, buddy, are you all right? And he's like, I'm good. Absolutely not good. No, he That's, was. Yeah, that 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 man is is not in good shape right now. No, but what I'm what I'm getting at is like if I know where to take my daughter, if I'm gonna go to the game, right? I'm not gonna bring her into the crazy party lots. I'm gonna go hang out with friendly faces. There are lots of places that are gonna be totally fine. And inside the stadium, I rarely rarely have issues. It was yeah. it was way back in the day. Like I haven't seen a fight in that stadium. I can't remember. Now, granted, there was you know a year where COVID shut it down, but I cannot remember the last time I witnessed personally a fight inside that stadium. That's a good point, and I I, I can, but it was probably <laughs> no, but no, but 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 I feel like you know there is that reputation, like you said, right? I think that the, the last time I saw a fight, it was between opposed or you know fans of opposing teams, mm-hmm. and it was probably like eight years ago. It's been quite some time, and I think you know people like you, like myself, like people that have been to the games for a long time have like high parking lot and and stadium acumen and very savvy where they can, they know where to go and what to avoid. Okay. And on top of that too, like kudos to the Bills. Like they have the family section where they don't serve alcohol. Not saying alcohol is the only contributor to it, but it's a large one. I would say it's like 90%. It's pretty up there. Like you're not going to find a sober guy like, let's fight right now. <laughs> Call that a knife. You got a Diet Coke? <laughs> No, but I think like, you know, I, I think that's good uh, recognition by the Bills to, you know, carve out a section of their stadium to have it as a a, a, a dedicated family friendly arena. I would also like to take a second to point out how pathetic we now sound because <laughs> there was a point, right? Like, look, in our 20s, we were going to the stadium and we love watching the games. I was going to the games, but we were also we were getting blasted. Of that course. was the plan, right? Like, that was part of the fun. We're getting 24 beers. We're going to drink as many as we can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, it was all of the beers in the morning. Yeah. And like, there was a point where you and I went to a game. Uh, this is, I don't know if it was pre-children, but it was early on. And we got you so drunk that you bought a pair of women's leggings, Zubaz yeah. leggings. You put them on and wore them to the game. So it was Ryan wearing work boots. Zubaz leggings, Mario Williams jersey, backwards hat. Yeah. And if you'd like to see this photo, it's my Twitter avatar, and you can follow me at, at Rochester Rhino, spelled R-Y-N-O. But, um, yeah, and quick quick story about that. So that was a fun morning. I remember that game so fondly because, because of the leggings. Um, <laughs> do you still have the leggings? I do still have the leggings. Why do you still have the leggings? Uh, I'll get into that. Okay. So, so if first it's a sexual thing, I don't no, want to know. No, it's not. It's not. So first things first, yes, I bought the leggings. Um, one of the smartest purchases I've ever made. Because, but as I, you know, changed in either the back of the car, possibly even Jerry's RV. Who's the RV? Um, I realized after the fact that I didn't have any pockets and said, um, you know, uh, leggings. Yeah, they're leggings. And I'm going, I, I almost went no underneath, but I decided, you know, calmer heads prevailed. I uh, I was going <laughs> underpants and, uh, and Bill's Zubaz-ish leggings. Realized I didn't have any pockets. So for a while I was holding my um, 
the my wallet and my phone. I was a smoker at the time. I had my cigarettes popped in there too. Wait, so I in was the leggings. Re- in the inside the, the waistband of the leggings. Okay. So it was as if I had pockets, but they were just really just stuck against my uh hot thighs <laughs> in between these leggings. Man, say hey ladies, I'm sorry you're getting so turned on listening to Ryan describe his uh-huh. cigarettes pressed up against his hot thighs oh, in his man. knockoff pill super. I was leggings. an absolute hot mess. But um, so yeah, but but I don't regret it because I have that picture and it was a really fun game and I I, I remember it fondly. You don't, you don't have to justify it. No, it's I okay don't. That you got drunk by you. Somebody bought you a pair of leggings and you wore them around. No regrets. But the but another side note about those leggings. So obviously I buy them. We all know the story now because we just told it. I get a Facebook message the next week and from a, a friend of mine saying, "Dude, did you buy leggings like at, at a Bills game?" And this is you know. It was absurd for me to get this message. And okay. I say, uh, yeah, no, I did. Uh, I think you bought them from my mom. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah. Turns out my friend's mom is was a LuLaRoe, uh, you know, salesperson or, okay. you know, vendor, whatever it's called. All right, so she's in a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I hope you're still doing well if you're still doing it. But... Um, <laughs> So, so he's like, my mom wanted to thank you because she's been used or she wanted to use your photo as like a marketing material. <laughs> and if, and, and I, I implore all of you to go to Twitter and follow, or at least see the photo, but feel free to follow me while you're there. But, um, but yeah, no, she used that photo and you're in that photo too. My, I'm also my, in that photo. Dude. Yes. Um, she used that photo for marketing apparently and was so thankful for the traffic that it brought to her brand that she sent me two additional pairs of the same pants, different patterns. So now I'm sitting on three different bills themed, and I guess they could double as, you know, 4th of July or, or you know, uh, America themed leggings still in my closet. I'll go put them on right now. I'll wear them to the next podcast. If they're, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put something out here. You ready? Don't. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do, do it. it. You ready? Don't do it. If I get 50 followers, oh, don't be that guy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's not going to happen because it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to, if I get 50 followers by the time, to- by the next time we do an event, by oh, like we go out and record live. Yeah, I'll wear the leggings to the re- to the recording to the taping, and everyone can take pictures. Why do you think people would want to see that? It beats me. Because like I mean, look, we Duffies, we're we're, we're substantial people. Mm-hmm. We're substantial people. Like sure. I, I, you know, men of pride. Yeah, there are no, but there, there are people that can, <laughs> they, they don't know what what we look like. Right, listening to this, not great. No man looks great in leggings. With all due respect, you less so than the average man. Well, I mean, you know. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You're entitled to your opinion. You're wrong, but you know whatever. How did that woman sell more leggings with them on you? I have no idea. <laughs> like that was. She has to be out of business now. What's funny too is like she was walking around that parking lot with a radio flyer wagon pulling it behind. She had all these different ones, and I'm and this is not anything against her her salesmanship or anything like that. Her sales techniques. But um, but I know for a fact, like no one was really kind of giving her any. Maybe she just wasn't, you know, making enough of a fuss. Yeah, I put those leggings on and I started doing the stretches, downward dog, you know, he was, all that stuff. Like he was trying to show everyone how flexible he was. But like he was like calling Ryan was calling a group around, like guys, check me out. 
I'm stretching in leggings. It was very much like a hear ye, hear ye, yard barker kind of situation at yeah, that yes, point. Yes, it was. Uh, but now I just realized I put my hands, like bare hands, on that like gravel, uh, <laughs> urine-soaked uh, parking lot, and I'm really kind of skeeved out eight years later. Yeah, like if you were to filter that gravel, you're going to get urine from like the 1960s. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that stadium wasn't even built then. Right. All right, so listen, let's take a break. Thank you for giving the audience the visual of you in leggings. And give the Twitter handle one more time. It's at Rochester Rhino, spelled R-Y-N-O. And if you want to see him in leggings and you want him to, don't please don't follow him because <laughs> I don't want to have to sit next to him with his bulge in those pants. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Uh, let's get back to football stuff. You sure. know, this is a Bills podcast along with the lifestyle and the game. We were talking about how fantastic everything went Thursday night against the Rams. And the debut, James Cook, not so great. A man entering second year, depth guy now. However, expecting big things. And he had himself a big night. But is it fair to be a little bit disappointed in how his best play of his career went? We'll get into it next. It's Let's Go Double O Buffalo Football Podcast on the Odyssey app. on Thursday, but one man in particular showed out. That whole D-line looked fantastic. But you expect Von Miller to play well. You expect Jordan Phillips to play well based on what we've seen before. Yeah. One guy who, a couple of games he didn't even dress in his rookie season despite being a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy. So let's go Duffalo, a Buffalo lifestyle podcast. Ryan Duffy hanging out with myself, Pat Duffy. And uh, we're going to get to the uh, Boogie Basham story here in a second. But before we do, it's uh, everyone's favorite segment here on the second show of Let's Go Duffalo because everyone's happy, super happy. But Ryan, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Sometimes he gets sad. And today we figure out Josh ready to go. We figure out Josh getting ready to go. What is making Ryan sad? You know, there's not much to be said about after such a great performance. But if I had to choose something other than people not being able to activate and use the board properly, I'd probably say, I'm a bit sad that we didn't get any Case Keenum action in victory formation. That made you sad. It does. Because, and I'll tell you exactly why. I come from a school of thought where... I appreciate number two, QB two coming in at the end of the game, getting his snap and logging a play granted for negative one yards. Yeah. But really logging a play. Up your QB rating, <laughs> but go on. Uh, negative one rushing yards for Matt Barkley, Mitch Trubisky, et cetera. So forth. In this case, case Keenum, in this case, case Keenum, I am a bit sad that he didn't get in the game and okay. he's probably on the sideline. Like, Hey, we're up 21 at this point. Even the final drive, you would think that maybe he'd get a little bit of action. Sure, no. sure, sure. It's all Josh, apparently. Okay, here's my problem with that. Okay. If you want to throw Case Keenum in for that final drive to get him a little run, I understand that. Josh Allen just played one of the best games of his career. Unstoppable, right? He's out there with his guys. Those are his guys. He's the leader of men on that team. Mm-hmm. And you're going to take away his ability to put the cherry on top of the win? Well... One would argue, one would be me, that those negative yards are negatively affecting him. Quite literally, he had a. What did he have for rushing yards? 
60-something, 50-something? You think that he cares about his rushing statistics? Oh, I'm not asking. If you asked him, he would want to stay in for, for 100% of the snaps. There's, the snaps. there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But to me, it's important to me that everyone gets to participate equally. Case Keenum put in work this week. He broke down film. Who cares if Case Keenum he put watched in work? Him work? Okay, look, if we see Case Keenum, other than in a blowout victory, we got serious problems. So I don't care well, about sure. Case Keenum. I don't care about Case Keenum. I don't care about Case Keenum's feelings. That guy played in an NFC championship game, despite the fact that he was not a blue chip prospect. He's had a great career. He's just here to collect a check and be a worst case scenario. How dare you defend Case Keenum? I'm just saying, I think you can work on your uh, in your empathy a little bit. Okay. I feel for Case. Uh, that being said, let's go from the offensive side of the ball the defensive side of the ball. Big night for the Buffalo Bills defensive line. Seven sacks. Oh, they ate. On Matthew Stafford. Um, and um, 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 um. the man... <laughs> <laughs> Von Miller, in his debut, looked amazing. He looked so good, man. I'm sorry. He looked fantastic. Jordan Phillips, in his return debut, looked phenomenal. That one sack on Matthew Stafford, I thought he legitimately ate him uh-huh. when he came up the middle and just swallowed him <laughs> But stop making noises. <laughs> but my favorite player of the night is one Mr. Boogie Basham. Mr. Boog. That's because you know how you get your defensive line to dance. No, I don't. Put a little boogie in it. Uh, Come on now. You've earned, you've lost every amount of credibility that's against the, making fun of me. That's the greatest Bills joke of all time, <laughs> and I wrote it myself. Anywho, not only does Boogie get to the quarterback, Boogie has, thus far, the greatest play of his career. First down of the 45. This pass is tipped and is intercepted. Picked off by Boogie Basham of the Bills. He's still on the run inside the 30, inside the 25, and brought down finally at the 22-yard line. Boogie Basham tipped it right to himself. A late flag on the play as he and the Bills defenders celebrate. Now the door is closing fast on the Rams. They can't get to the exits fast enough. All right, here's how rare it is for Boogie Basham to get an interception. They he, can't get to the, I'm sorry, they can't get to the exits fast enough. That was true, by the way. John Murphy, the Bills Radio Network, on the call, call there. Murph. Okay, so beautiful tip. He tips it to himself. He makes the interception. Gorgeous. Everyone loves a fat guy interception. Beautiful. Beautiful. Big, big guy interception. Okay. He's... he's, he's He's not fat. Okay, he he was fat. Last year he was fat. It's like he changed to 55 and all of a sudden got Jerry Hughes' body. He lost some weight. Look, he's still kind of fat. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah, those are your words. He's I'm a not... defensive end, defensive line. They kicked him down to cover for Ed Oliver when he got hurt. Which, by the way, would have been a much better what's making me sad. Ed Oliver hurt himself. Ryan, what about Case Cave getting a snap at the end of the game? Uh, Ed'll be fine. He'll be okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Are we upset with Boogie Basham for not scoring on that interception? I mean, it's probably going to keep him up at night. It was within, it was well within scoring uh, distance, right? So I mean, he made the pick at the like twenty, right around the thirty yard line. He mm-hmm. catches it. He's got room. Yeah, he clears the block. Start happening. He makes it down to inside the twenty five. He's got one man to beat. Oh, yeah. One oh, man to beat, <laughs> and the man that took him down was quarterback Matthew Stafford. Boogie, Boogie, Boogie. You're not going to have a lot of opportunities to intercept balls. You're not going to have a lot of opportunities to have the ball in your hand while you're moving. This may be the only time it ever happens in your career. Yeah. And you let an NFL quarterback stand between you and your first professional touchdown. So I'm going to make him feel a little bit better. Okay. We've all seen the clip with Stafford playing against the Browns, right? Where where he's his shoulder goes out, yep, yep, you know, yep, yep. comes down, takes the snap, touchdown, you know. It's out, man. It's out. Like all that stuff. 
Dude's tough as nails. Dynamite Matthew Stafford impression. Thank you. I've been, work- job, I've been working. Oh, don't, don't touch it. Oh, I think he did that at one he point. He did scream. It was like, look, I, right. I've had my shoulder out. It is the most excruciating pain you've ever heard. But then he'd scream. I know. It's, uh, man. I feel, I, but my point is that, you know, Drew, he, I almost said Drew Stafford. Um, Matthew Stafford is, is tough as nails. So, so I, I don't hold, but, you know, going back to uh, gigantic Boogie Basham, Getting kind of stood up, if I recall, too. Like he, he tripped he him. No, he didn't. He tripped didn't he him. He was okay. already on the ground. Boogie, like he didn't even try and jump over him. And look, I understand. He looked gassed three steps into sure. that play. Maybe, maybe he was going to him for, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god, someone take him. Someone take me down. I would have to think now. Grant, uh, okay, you know, I understand. Not an athlete. We are not professional football. I don't want to sound like that guy that sits in the coach. All you gotta do is make the field goal. Right. How does your adrenaline? Not crank up to a thousand when you have that ball in your hand as a defensive lineman. That's a good point, and I think also too someone who, way more so than you or I or most people, have had enough life experience in college or you know high level, uh, you know high school football that you can activate the side of your brain that actually functions when that adrenaline's kicking in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you know what you have to do, and sure. that's like score. If I caught that ball, I would just you know, I'd run around in a circle, being like, "What do I do?" You know what I mean? It would just be complete flailing. Um, but but him, obviously, he I, I would I would expect that any professional athlete, any professional defensive end, mm. would kind of put on the um, you know the hit stick, so to speak, or maybe throw a move. I don't know, but just just maybe get a couple more yards. Because like, look, man, I'm watching that game, and he clears the corner, and it's just him and Stafford, and I'm like, oh my god, because he's an athletic guy. Boogie yeah. Basham is very athletic. I'm For like, sure. oh my god, he's gonna make a move, and we're gonna have a Boogie Basham interception pick six. It's gonna be Jerry Hughes, a la what two years ago, last year. Put a pin in that last year at Thanksgiving because I want to talk about that. He didn't do anything. He just like ran up to him. He hit him in the shit and he fell down. It's like, Boog, I'm, I'm a big Boogie Basham guy. A little disappointed. Yeah. Make a move, Boogie. Make a move. Look at us. Look at us making fun of a professional athlete for after, after like, arguably, with the exception of a touchdown or, mm-hmm. like, a pick six, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As a defensive player, like, an, an interception yes. has to be, like, the gold standard, with the exception of pick six, right? Mm-hmm. Or fumble recovery for six. Sure, sure. So he just accomplished that. First he's ever. I don't think he recovered a fumble last year. I don't believe so. Right. So he gets a turnover, and we're sitting here and have the nerve to be like, wow, you didn't do an, What have you done for me lately? Okay, no, here's why I'm going to point this out. I'm not be doing it based on what we could do. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it based on what we've witnessed in Buffalo before. For example, let's go all the way back to 2001, Drew Bledsoe's first game with the Buffalo Bills. Patriots come to town right after the Super Bowl win opening day. I know where you're going here. Sam Adams... Mm. Pick six. Mm. And he ran like... Like 60 yards. Yes, and that guy is was legitimately 400 freaking pounds. Well, he had a great big convoy, if I recall correctly. He did, he did. But like the fact that he didn't die at the 15-yard line was amazing. Like His heart should have exploded at the 15-yard line. That was We had two real... Was Pat Williams on, the, on that line, too? Yeah, there were so. two big guys like, like steaming toward that end zone. I mean, they did play together at some point. No, you're absolutely right. But that's what I'm saying is like, look... I'm not criticizing Boogie because I can never do that. And I understand the play where he tips it to himself and intercepts it. That in itself is amazingly athletic. But based on other fat guys I've seen pick up fumbles and intercept balls, you got to get to the end zone because you're never going to have this chance again. This is your only chance. And again, I got another example. You brought it up a second ago. Thanksgiving against the Saints last year, I believe. Jerry mm-hmm. Hughes. Was it a fumble recovery or an interception? I think it was a fumble. Rec- if I recall, Trey knocked it out. 
Yep, you're Am right. I thinking okay. of that? Yeah, yes. Trey knocks it out from behind, and um, and Jerry scoops it, so, and but, Jerry scores it. No, but see, you, you missed the most important part of this, is he ran around in circles much like you would if you had the ball. Like, remember, he ran like... Four different ways. Yeah, he was he was going all directions. There. But he knew. He knew if I don't get in the end zone, this probably ain't gonna happen again. Yeah. Right? Like I'm coming to the end of my career, the position that I play. He's also a very athletic guy. Now granted, Jerry Hughes not a fat guy. Not a fat guy. But Boogie Basham is wearing Jerry Hughes' number this year. Mm. You think something would rub off? Like, oh, I want to see when a defensive lineman, a fat guy, has the ball in their hand, you need to do everything you can to score, or else I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed yeah. in you. Congratulations to Boogie Basham on his very first career interception. I have a Boogie Basham autographed mini helmet in my house. That's what a big Boogie Basham guy I am. Big Boogie guy. Big Boogie guy. Big and Boogie I boy. Always cheer for Boogie. The depth of that defensive line, real quick, yeah, is unbelievable. Yeah. When you have AJ Epinesa getting a second and a half, mm-hmm. when you have Jordan Phillips on the interior getting two, when you have Greg Rousseau getting to the quarterback, the amount of guys both on the first and the second wave, because, you know, they rotate those D-linemen, that we're getting through, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's nice because, you know, McDermott and, and or obviously Leslie Frazier, right? Like, defensive coordinator. Both defensive guys. Right. Um, but but credit to to Leslie Frazier. Like, they've always run the scheme of, of, you know, rotational defensive linemen, right? Yep. Since they've been here. Now it's like... The level of play that Von Miller brings, and you keep that up of like, because Von Miller played like something like what sixty and change percent of snaps, yeah, they kept if them I recall, low. Yeah, they right? Kept them low. And 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 I feel like I, I like the expectation would have been like in the eighties or maybe even like nineties. That level of rotation with that level of output, like, oh my goodness, man! Like, it's so so wonderful. So that being said, it plays a big role in what comes up Monday night. We get into it real quick. Let's go, Buffalo, a Buffalo football podcast on the Odyssey app. Great as that win was on Thursday night, no question the bigger game as far as the rest of the season goes is Monday night in Buffalo, home Buffalo, home opener, <laughs> prime time against a new nemesis that has shown up over the last couple of years. The Turnacy Turns. Let's go Duffalo, a <laughs> Buffalo football podcast. Ryan Duffy sitting with me. My name is Pat Duffy. Your Bills have a chance to go up two and a half games on the team that was the number one overall seed in the playoffs the last two years in the mm-hmm. AFC. That game against the Giants, they did not look good. No. No, they didn't. I'm excited. I can tell how excited you are by the way you said you're excited. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm tempering my nerves, but I'm very excited for this game. Um, what sticks out to me is, I mean, at the granted, it's, it's week two, but I like the fact that the Bills go from playing Thursday night and then don't play again until Monday night. 11 the days. following week. 11 days. That's pretty good. Uh, I appreciate that. Sean McDermott would disagree. In fact, he was so bothered by it, he went to the Sabres coaching staff, because one Buffalo. Sure. And he chatted with them about how to handle crazy schedules, which the Sabres have to deal with on a nightly basis. It mm. seems like he is very nervous about this. And don't forget, don't forget, 
Two years ago, Bills had a similar situation where the Titans all got COVID and the schedule got all screwed up. And the Bills played on a Tuesday night and got their asses handed to them. You're referring to Monday, Tuesday night football. Yes. Um, different circumstance, I would argue. Okay. I think that you can uh, you can really kind of set your watch to the fact that they're going to play at 7.15 on Monday night. Um, because there are two games, and before anyone corrects me, it's like Monday night football starts at 8 o'clock. And there's two games at night, and I'm pretty sure it's uh, it starts at seven. It's weird how all our listeners sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, those guys are really good guys. Um, no, but but no, I'm 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 so excited to see him play. Uh, I after not only because like you don't want to get ahead of anybody, but you're right. The Titans did not look fantastic against the Giants. The Giants could be better than than we than definitely they were last Barkley year. Barkley looked great. He looked uh, he looked really good. Um, and the Titans could just be up against a good competition there. Okay. Derrick Henry always worries me. All right, let's keep it there. Let, let, on paper, this Bills team should roll over the Titans. And if you want to get a little more nervous, as we tape this, the Bills are 10, count them, 10-point 10 favorites mm. against the Tennessee Titans at home. Man. The Bills' D-line, we just talked about it, is much improved. The Titans have lost some key pieces in the offseason. I mean, look, when your defense has trouble stopping Daniel Jones... You would like to think that they're going to be better. Josh Allen is going to be better than Daniel Jones. I mean, apples to apples, you're probably right. Okay. Um, and then also, too, the Titans had a really big loss. Uh, the name escapes me, but had a season-ending knee injury. I don't remember on what side of the ball. But, um, but yeah, only, on top of that. Only the best football content on Let's Go Duffalo. Somebody was hurt. And somebody's not going to play. I, can't I even, think his name is Dave. I can't even tell you which side of the ball is something you just said. So now Dave's not going to be playing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I mean, and and from what I understand of all the the anal or, uh, analysts and and you know talking football heads mm -hmm. that we give so much credit to, uh, that's a huge loss, huge loss for this Titans team. So I mean, hey, it's it's a home game, it's prime time. Um, let's keep it rolling, man. Okay, let's, great. let's keep it rolling. I, if the Bills listen to this, that's going to inspire them. Guys, I, listen to me. Look, to your point about anxiety, there's always anxiety when the Titans come to town. The Bills haven't beaten them in the last two seasons. Both of those mm -hmm. games kept them out of legitimate contention for that top overall seed in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Is there a mental aspect to that? Because, like, Vrabel versus McDermott, they're different guys, but they have similar philosophies. Like, they're both like, I'm going to lift, I'm going to keep it. Like, Vrabel says more than McDermott. McDermott is the king of talking for 20 minutes and not saying anything. Yeah. But dare I say, and this may be a stupid take, is there some kind of, like, intimidation back and forth? Like, are they going to stand there, like, flexing muscles at each other the entire time? I don't think that, I mean, that's a stupid take, but no, I don't think, I think there's definitely an intimidation level when you're talking about like coach to coach, maybe not Vrabel to McDermott, maybe definitely not at this point in their, uh, in their, their respective careers. I definitely think that there's an intimidation factor that comes into the NFL, both player and, and coaching staff. But I think after the performance that the bills put up last week, and the success that that they had, I mean, granted, they lost the game last year. The Bills lost in in Tennessee. What a horrible way to lose that game. Uh, that was uh, that was awful. But but that's kind of my point here. Where like you had that game, you had the marbles to say, let's let's go for it on on fourth down here. Outside of a of a random banana peel on the field, you win that game. You know, nine and a half times out of ten, you win that game. I think the Bills would have won that game. They have the same mentality that you know to to win that game, if that makes sense. I no, don't think that on. I don't think that plays into intimidation. Okay, 
And then on top of that, the previous year, Monday, Tuesday night football. So, I mean, I, I chalk both of those up to what are you going to do? They've never been shellacked. Like they, no, the they got shellacked the year before the Monday, Tuesday, Monday, night, Tuesday football. night football. Right, they get got rid blown of it. Out. It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's, it was. It was a. It was a fluke of an incident because of a crazy conflict in schedule. The Bills didn't even know if they were going to be playing that week. Yeah, there was it. talk about the the Titans having to forfeit. For, for that week. I was arguing that because right. it was total horse crap. But anyway, we're getting off topic. Horse crap. Here. There are two things <laughs> that make me very nervous. One, what I just brought up. The fact that the Bills are 10-point favorites. Whenever I see a point spread that big, I get very, very, very nervous. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? Like 10 points is a lot of points. But then again, I thought 6.5 was a lot of points. Uh, or I'm sorry, 2.5 was a lot of points on right. the road last week against the Super Bowl champs. And they covered that no you problem. 21, yeah. The second thing that makes me a little bit nervous, it comes down to player status. At Oliver, as we tape this, his status is still up in the air. Bill's defensive tackle. Is that a new status? Did not practice, out, questionable, up in the air. They haven't practiced yet. It's Monday. Hmm. Okay. How would you like to say it? Uh, I would say questionable. Well, no, but he's not officially questionable. As we, I could say he's questionable, then somebody's going to, because you, you're know, going to do your impression of public loser. Maybe, <gasps> maybe you can officially shove up. Shove up. Shove up. Shove it and shut up. You are. You've never done this before? That's no, amazing. I you never, this. never, ever, ever. No, look. This is my part time job. When it comes to <laughs> stopping Derrick Henry, I think Ed Oliver plays a big part in that. And if you don't have Ed Oliver in the lineup, I get a little bit nervous. Now, we talked about how deep the D line is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being nervous for no reason, but I would really, really, really like to see Ed Oliver on that field Monday night. I'm with you. You would much rather have him than not have him. Um, but but no, it, up in the air. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, I'm just making funny, dude. Relax. I'm Gosh. not being. My God, you're, you're such the a, sensitive you're one. You're such a baby. You got sensitive about me not getting sensitive. You're a baby. Shut up. The um, but no, I'm saying like like Ed Oliver is a stud defensive player, stud defensive tackle. So so yeah, of course you would want him there. Now, I, I, who's to say that the the rotational you know group of of interior interior defensive line is not going to do you know the same amount of have the same amount of success as Ed Oliver would? But I don't know. But but Ed Oliver is your starter. You want your starters available and healthy. So I mean, hopefully a quick recovery. All right, seven fifteen Monday night prime time football. ESPN in town doing like the live shows before too. If you're headed out to the game, I'll see you there. You'll be watching from home. I will. Do you need my ESPN Plus password? Um, no, I have. Uh, I, I have a television. I no, I know, but I didn't normal. think you had cable. I have. Um, I do the streaming situation, not okay. to give free advertisement. But it rhymes with GooTube TV. Okay. Yeah. No, everybody wants to do the things that you're the man who puts hot cigarettes against his hot thighs. In fairness, they were room temperature cigarettes and they turned hot once they touched my skin. Before we get out of here, I do. We we really appreciate everybody that has been listening to the show, downloaded it last week. And I want to uh, bring something up. Last week, while we were at Tap It Tape in the first episode, uh, we were talking about where you're spending your money on tickets. Mm -hmm. And it came down to if the bills go to the Super Bowl. Do you have the okay from your wife to go? Yeah. I have the okay. You thought you had the okay, but you weren't sure. That I think you're misremembering this okay, whole maybe, situation. Well, tell me then, real quick. I think the roles were reversed. No, I, got, I have talked to my wife about this, and I said, no matter what happens, I'm going. I'm going to go. So just to clarify, yes. I have the okay. Yes. I have told my wife that I want her to, if, if we go to the AFC championship game, I'm going to give her my credit card before the game uh-huh. because if they win, the Bills win, 
I would be in such a frantic state that I wouldn't even consider the um, the the gotcha. thousands of dollars out of our account that would be just poof once I buy tickets on the secondary market. Okay. So that being said, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're saving lives out here. Of course, uh, Adam wrote us on Instagram. Hey, so Adam. I'm going to write you here. I'll uh, read you what he said. He said, finish listening to last week's episode of Let's Go Duffalo Podcast. Felt it was appropriate to get written confirma- confirmation from the wife on this year's Super Bowl budget, give or take a couple of bucks. And it's a picture of a text that he sent to his wife. Adam's got receipts. If the bills went to the Super Bowl and it would cost us 10 grand to go, would you want to go? She simply responds, sure. Mm. She doesn't know what she's just done. But he has the receipts. Mm. He has the receipts. Now, I would also like to, they got some bad news here. Mm. So Adam, uh, I wrote him, and wrote him back, oh, good for you, happy yeah, for you. Right. He says, for kicks, I went to the official website to check hotel packages and ticket packages. If I bought today, booked flights today, at the cheapest, we're looking at just under $30,000. Good Lord. I'm assuming that's for the pair. American? <laughs> That's crazy. 30 grand. You know what's funny, too? I I, I remember, if I recall correctly, you said you get to go to one game away game, maybe two. And I thought to myself, like, even away, like one away game may be a lot for me to even justify going to an away, like just the the overall cost of the trip, let alone $30,000. Either go to the, and this goes back to the point I made last week of where that's that money can be so much well better spent. You're talking well better, well better. It, you can either go to the Super Bowl or you can buy a Honda CRV touring. <laughs> you you decide. No, but that Honda CRV touring. Have you your entire life? No, don't get me wrong. Love Honda, sure. especially Hondas. They sell the Eyed Family dealerships. However. That Honda, you have not been watching it since you've been four years old. You haven't lived and died with that Honda. First of all, the touring comes with leather seats. Second of all, <laughs> no, I, I, but but you're also, you know, a, a 60 minutes of, of game action versus, you know, 200,000 miles in the all-new 22 Honda or Honda CRV touring. Like, no, man, I, my point is that, like, there's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Is there anyone really out there? That would be willing to either a take that money that they have saved up right now, mm-hmm. which you don't, and throw it toward a, a Super Bowl vacation package, or two be or b rather be willing to go into that much debt. Yeah, I would to not to even, go see even, for a chance to see the Bills win a I'm Super Bowl. Not even I'm not even thinking about it. I would if I got the room on my credit card, it's there, it's done. I'm not even going to think. Boom. I mean, God bless you, man. Send. I I'll send you pictures. And, you know, like we talk about how expensive this is. Well, I'm sure this will come up longer as we, more as we do this show longer. Mm-hmm. Our dad, who's just a regular guy, <laughs> a regular guy. Has he been to three Super Bowls? Um, So he's been to two that the Bills were in. I yeah. know for sure. He went to. No, one. he's been to one that the Bills were in. He went to the one went. in New Orleans when Tom Brady won it for the first time with the Patriots. Yeah. And I think there was a third one. I think he's been to a third Super Bowl. There was another one, I think, in 2005 or 2006. So you sit here and you go, oh, how you Our dad, who's just some jackass, has been to three Super Bowls. You know what? I would, I would love to know what the total cost of those Super Bowls were at that point. You know, is there a one-to-one correlation because you're saying $30,000. I mean, that's what if Adam my, said. If I, our, can we trust Adam is the question. I trust Adam. If if our father spent, adjusted for inflation, $30,000 
when we were children to go to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. three times. You're talking about a man who had six Bills season tickets in the front row of the end zone <laughs> for like a decade. On top of that, had two Brown season tickets. Yeah. So he could go watch the Browns when the Bills weren't playing, even though he doesn't care about the Browns anyway. Had a half season package to the Sabres. All three of those things I just said happened at the same time. They were all happening at the same time. And he went to a Super Bowl in there somewhere. In fairness to dad, he sold them when he remembered that he had them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I, 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 you're right. I mean... Hey man, who am I to tell you not to have a you hobby? You just said don't have I'm, a hobby. I'm you talking. Said- I'm talking to John Q. Listener right now. Shut up. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money, how to live your life. Hobbies are hobbies. God bless you. Go have fun. All I'm saying is that if my dad spent ninety thousand, do you know how many Hondas that is? <laughs> three. That's actually, so I many Hondas. Three Hondas. <laughs> Maybe four if you get it for the Eid Family Dealership. That's probably. We're talking a fully loaded pilot for. I wonder how much of what I if I'm going to go to the Eid Family Dealerships with ninety grand with a blank check. Or a check, rather, with, that says $90,000 on it. <laughs> I got a blank check for $90,000. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm going to walk in there and uh, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to my buddy Toe and be like, what can I get for $90,000? And just see what's available. Um, no, man, I, I can't afford, I'm out. For those reasons, I'm out. I'm not going to the Super Bowl this year. I don't care who's playing in it. I don't care who wins it. For $0, or rather my mortgage, I can watch it from the, uh, the comfort of my couch and... Um, and uh, yeah, we're getting some recessed lighting put in, so I'll watch it well lit. Shut up. We're adults. Okay, great. That being said, look, I'm sure this is going to come up throughout the rest of the season. So we'll see how you feel in a couple of weeks sure. when the Bills start cranking it out. That being said, we got to get out of the way. We're already going late, Ryan. Ooh. So much to talk about when you're talking about leggings and our dad going to three Super Bowls despite just being a regular human being. Love you, Pop. Yeah, great. Bills, Titans, Monday night, 7.15. I'll be there. You'll be home with your soon-to-have recess lighting watching it with your kids. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that. Thank you so much. You you enjoy the game as well. Be safe. Uh, you know, enjoy as, yourself. As always, listen, if you're downloading again, uh, let's go definitely. We really appreciate it. If you could want to subscribe, we're going to be doing this every week. A rating would be great. And only five stars because it was obviously a five-star show. I think so. All right, awesome. We'll see you next week. Let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app. Go Bills!